Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. We can't give them this much power in the cartoon world. A podcast, and I was told that if I did your podcast that I would, you know, advance to the next level. And we're podcasting and photographizing in front of the great... The worst gigs of their life are, are because of Mark Poulos. <laughs> Anyone want a husband? Free, free to a home. Now it doesn't even have to be a good home, just free to a home. Ladies and gentlemen, Andre the Giant would like to do his impression... Of Bully Nelson. Suck yourself dry! Alright. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. I wanted to do this last week when I was in Cincinnati, but unfortunately, my phone died before I went on stage, but I am currently backstage at the the uh, Carbonaro tour uh, with Michael Carbonaro from the Carbonaro effect and I thought it would be cool to tape some audio of uh, backstage and then tape my set on stage hopefully it comes out and uh, you can hear what it sounds like when a comedian does 15 minutes child clean and what that entails and uh hopefully it's a good reaction from the crowd and hopefully this all works out and uh afterwards we can chat about how it went and how it sounded and uh all that fun stuff but uh it's currently 7 30 and i go on stage at 7 35 so I'm going to make my way backstage and start the recorder again just before I go on. So we'll chat on the other side, folks. Funk you up, uptown funk you up, uptown funk you up, uptown funk you up. people are good all right everybody else is still asleep a lot of people are looking at me right now like who's this giant weirdo well we can't just go right into the magic can't have your mind blown the second you sit down you're gonna pull something so I gotta prep you get you focused and laughing it's gonna be here 
from here. Grew up in Minnesota, so it's, uh, it's always good to perform at home. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's been a fun tour, been all over the place. When I uh, go to a new city, one of my favorite things to do is I immediately go to Walmart. Because I'm like, I can get a sense of the city from their Walmart. And uh, a week ago, I was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and uh, I walked in. The first thing I saw was a lady shopping. She wasn't wearing a shirt. She had just pulled her sweatpants up to her armpits. That's what she was wearing. She had a sweatpants dress. I walked right up to her and was like, you better be here to buy a shirt, because I don't need to see this. <laughs> and all she had in her cart were peeps. Those marshmallow Easter candies. I was like, if there was a picture next to insanity in the dictionary, this would be it. A lady in a sweatpants dress with a cart full of peeps. I mean, where is she going after this? It's a crazy place. I love going there after shows, late at night. It's deserted in the Walmart. There's only a few gems walking around that place. One time I walked in, there was a guy shopping in a Snuggie. I was like, get out of here. If that doesn't cry, I give up. I don't know what does. If you leave your house in flip-flops and a blanket with sleeves, you've given up. But it was late and I had a few drinks. I was like, is that a wizard buying fiber bars? Why is there a wizard in this Walmart? A lot of fun stuff at the Walmart. They got the motorized carts now, right? The little rascals with baskets on the front of them. Who invented these? I gotta say, if you're so fat you have to drive around and get your groceries, chances are you're gonna need a bigger basket than they put on the front of that thing. I mean, be buying four items. Come on. <laughs> I did see one lady bungee cord a cart behind her and she was dragging it through Walmart. <laughs> now you're talking. This is like a, fuck, uh, a food tugboat, you know? And everybody's lined up to use the self checkout lanes, right? You know, check our own groceries out, bag them up ourselves. What a fun time. It's a scam. There's like 10 cashiers doing nothing now. <laughs> We're all checking our own stuff out like it's some kind of cashier fantasy camp. <laughs> like, this is fun, I gotta tell you. Stupid, man. Self-checkout lanes are good for one thing, right? Stealing. That's what they're good for. Now I'm not gonna lie, I dabble in the stealing. I, uh, I only steal in one specific area, and that is in apples. Yeah, who's paying $4 for a Honeycrisp? Come on. Every apple I buy is a red delicious. That's what it is. Those crappy 80 cent apples. Yeah, right? No one's gonna believe I got an applause break on red delicious apples. They're the worst. Like a notch above a wax apple. 4422, guys. That's the code for a red delicious. It's the same at every Walmart. Just keep punching it in. I don't go as far as some people. I don't fill a bag full of Blu-rays and call it almonds. I'm not doing that. I can, I can fudge the, uh, the sides on the apple. <laughs> Profits. <laughs> oh man, so I'm married. Uh, I've been married for almost three years. It's been amazing. Got uh, two tiny daughters at home. I got a two-year-old and a five-month-old, so things are a bit crazy. Yeah. Two-year-old takes after me. She's two. She's already wearing five teeth. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Her head, height, weight, it's all in the 110th percentile. This giant baby. 
We took her to that one-year wellness check. They're like, is she crawling yet? I was like, crawling? She just walked the dog. Uh, <laughs> she's a big baby. Way too smart. Way too smart, man. Last week, she, uh, she figured out how to take her diaper off by herself. And uh, I gotta tell you, that's a fun surprise, right? <laughs> Stroll back in from the kitchen, just poop everywhere. You know, it's, it's on her, it's on the TV, it's on the cat. I was like... This is good. We're just gonna burn this down and start from scratch. Pose yeah. <laughs> her off in the front yard and donate the cat. And just drive away from this place like it's poltergeist. That's, what we're That's not the reality though, right? You gotta push through it, you gotta clean everything up and led to something I never thought I'd do and let's take a shower with a cat and a toddler. That was a fun time. I felt like I was filming a sad French movie in my bathroom. We're all crying, covered in poop. <laughs> Felt like war-torn Germany. <laughs> it feels easier to raise kids nowadays, you know? I don't have any frame of reference, but it seems like you got a question, you know? You Google it, you get the answer a few seconds later, you know? But there are certain books they haven't written yet, you know? Like a month ago, I was about to leave on the road, helping the wife out and feeding the baby, and she's doing some stuff around the house, and I turn to see the dog poop on the carpet, and then my daughter picked it up and handed it to me. And I was like, they haven't written that book yet. What do you do when you're feeding a baby and a toddler hands you poop? I'll tell you what I did. I just grabbed her wrist and started screaming. Honey, help! Will's trying to give me poop. God bless my wife, she did help. You know, she swung in from the side and took the baby. That's what she did. I was like, no, this one. And she's like, I'm helping you, okay? I'm feeding the baby. Now go take the dog and your daughter and take a shower. And I'm like, you know what? Why am I always the poop shower guy? House full of ladies. That's what I gotta know. All ladies and me. It's all right. Ladies are great. You know, they always smell great. You know, my wife would go to the gym, work, come home, still smells like watermelon and flowers, you know? Sometimes I step out of the shower and I still smell like hamburger and armpits. Like, what? I was just in there with soap and water for a half an hour. But don't get on your high horse, ladies. There is a smell that is worse that comes out of you than us. And I think we can agree as a group that lady farts are brutal. And, yeah, they're pretty... What? I think that was a kid. Like, yeah! They're bad, man. I think just ladies nowadays are just too courteous. They're just holding them in way too long. I mean, somehow they're starting to ferment inside your bodies, okay? Just let them out. You don't want to hold on to all that till Sunday and just, you know, set off a jugger fart. That's gonna, you're gonna hurt somebody, you know? I wouldn't, this is a true story. So I go in the bedroom one time. My wife had fallen asleep before me. I open the door. It's like a punch in the face. I was like, what? Did the sewer line break in here? Is that a dead raccoon? But I was like, the door's open. It's got to dissipate at some point. Now, somehow it started gaining strength. It was like eating itself and becoming a super fart. It was like this third thing hanging in the room with us. And she loves to sleep with the fan on, which is great, you know, because it just spreads it out everywhere. There's just nowhere to hide. It's like a fartnado in there. 
drives me nuts too. We watch on TV and she'll feel it coming on. She'll try to skedaddle out of the room like a lady. Now she's just farting the whole way. And I'm like, is there a chance you could stop crop dusting the whole house and just like, sit in it and let it happen? It's the worst, man. Sometimes she'll ghost fart me. You ever get those? Like she'll go in the kitchen, right? She'll fart, you know? Then she'll just move on with her life, you know? Then I'll head in there like an hour later and be like, what kid has poop in their pants? She's like, oh, I farted in there. Like an hour ago. An hour ago? This thing is a hanger. The worst is when she ghost farts the car, right? She'll get home from work, she'll rip one in there and shut the door. Yeah. Then the next day she's like, you go start my car. I'm like, no. The winter's the worst because it just like lays dormant in the floor mats until the heat kicks on and then it just resurrects it in there. Like, this is so bad. I travel quite a bit. It's a, uh, try to keep to myself when I'm on the road, you know, I just want to keep myself safe when I'm away from the family, you know, I don't uh, put myself in danger. I don't go to bars late at night because I know what's going to happen. Every time I go to a bar late at night, somebody wants to fight me just because I'm a giant man. <laughs> and it still baffles me, like at what point I became an idiot trophy, you know? I'm some kind of big game when I walk into a bar. I don't know how many times I've walked in and seen a bunch of eyes light up, like, there he is. <laughs> I gotta knock him out. And it's funny, because I'm a complete oxymoron. I'm six foot seven and 350 pounds, but I am very weak. And uh, I'm scared of really stupid stuff. I'm terrified of clowns and spiders. And God forbid a clown spider shows up, I would die. <laughs> yeah. I see it into my nightmares. Just drives into my kitchen in a tiny car and just starts making balloon animals. I'd be dead. I'd be dead. I feel sorry for my daughters when they get to that age where they're like, Daddy, there's a monster in our closet. Well, let's get out of here. Why are we talking about this? Kick the window ladder out, we're out of this place. What about mommy? She'll be fine. She'll, be fine. She'll just fart in there and he'll die. She's got skills. <laughs> yeah. It is funny though. I, just, I don't know how to fight. I've never been in a fight. I've never been trained to fight. I'm just trying to get across. If you see me outside later and I'm in trouble, I need help, okay? Don't just drive away and be like, he's big, he's got it. I don't have it, okay? But nobody helps anymore, right? They just film it and put it on YouTube. Put your phones down, man. You realize how much funny stuff is happening daily? I laughed so hard the other day watching an old lady trying to get money out of a red box. She was convinced it was an ATM. I couldn't stop laughing. I walked past, she was like, I just want money. Why does it keep giving me movies? <laughs> it was priceless. And I don't know why that's funny. Why is it funny to watch old people figure out technology? But it's hilarious every time. I got my car at a gas station. There's an old man screaming at the gas pump like it was some kind of futuristic robot going, help me, I need gas. I was like, what's happening here? Then I hear the guy inside, he's like, I said, come in here. In here. And I'll explain how to do it. This poor old man's like, come in where? 
He picked up the nozzle, he was like, hello? <laughs> Need cats? This phone smells like cats. <laughs> and I knew it was time to help when he was trying to slide a check into the credit card swiper. I was like, sir, I don't know if I can go on the rest of my day knowing that you were still here screaming at this gas pump. Best part of the story is he's got a car from the 70s where the gas tank is hidden behind the back license plate. Yeah, I'd never seen this car in my life. We're just wandering around it together like, where is the gas tank? I had to walk away. He's like, well, thanks a lot, idiot. I was like, what you getting mad at me for? You're the guy who bought a car without a gas tank. Why'd you get roped into that, old man? But they're trying, right? God bless them. You know, my mom just joined Facebook. She's 70. That's awesome. No sense of sarcasm. She doesn't realize people put funny pictures on Facebook. She thinks they're all real, you know. I came home and the cat was passed out in a weird way, so I put a beer can in his paws, you know. Put that picture on Facebook. She was the first comment within seconds. It just said, Mark, beer is very bad for cats. That was her comment. <laughs> And then she liked her own comment. And I was like, listen, old lady, I will block you, I don't care. Pat yourself on the back on my page. But the best was when she first got on there, she couldn't figure out how to comment on people's status updates. So her status updates were just the comments for everyone else's status updates. It was so funny because we were laughing. I thought my mom was having a stroke, I gotta tell you. Because none of it made any sense, you know? I'm like, I log on, her first status update is, look at that face. <laughs> Period. The next one, it says, two puppies? Question mark? The third one took a little digging, because the third status update, it just said, mmm, finger caskets. <laughs> So it turned on my cousin and posted a picture of her at a state fair eating a funnel cake. And apparently, my mom's phone had auto-corrected funnel cake to finger caskets. <laughs> Which seems ridiculous. Oh, you guys are nice. If you like me, check out my website. It's largedrunkman.com. And uh, that's not a joke. That's what it is. My, uh, my dad was total inspiration for me becoming a comedian. He was such a funny guy. He had such little, like, funny sayings for people. Like, we'd be out around town, and, and he'd see somebody that had really buck teeth, and he'd be like, that guy could eat corn on the cob through a picket fence. Like, you know? <laughs> Tons of those little ones. I'm like, Dad, stop. You get us in trouble. But his favorite thing in the world when he got older was returning things. It brought him so much joy. I don't know why. But he had this thing, it was called the switcheroo, right? You've probably done it. I don't know if some people have done it. So basically, like if you have a product at home that breaks and you don't have a receipt, it's past the return time, he would go buy a new one, bring it home, take the new one out of the box, put the broken one in it, and go return it. Yeah, he would call it sticking it into the man. <laughs> but he got pretty brazen. At one point, he, he tried to return a 10-year-old shower head. Yeah. It's like rusted and mildewed, and you put it in the box. I say box like it's a cardboard box where they might not look in there. No, it was like a plastic snap case thing where they can see right in there. I was like, Dad, they're not gonna take this. He's like, shh. 
Puts it on the counter, the guy looks at it, he goes, sir, this is obviously an old rusted mildewed shower head. And I'm not kidding, my dad looks this guy straight in the eye and he goes, imagine my surprise when I got it home. <laughs> and he got the money, he did. I'm Mark Poulos, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. You ready for this? I need more energy, are you ready for this? You know this guy from his hit TV show, The Carbonaro Effect. He was just voted Magician of the Year from the Academy of Magical Arts. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Michael Carbonaro! So that was me doing 15 minutes live on the uh, Michael Carbonaro tour. It uh, is definitely a different animal when you have to uh, do uh, an extended period of time as far as stand-up comedy in front of families and children, you know. Because I think I talked about it on a couple podcasts ago about writing for families and children because, you know, there's just a different way about it because not only do you have to um, think about the vulgarity and the swearing and everything, you also have to think about the topics, you know. You want to do topics that aren't going to be offensive to families and children but you also have to figure out, you know, what topics will be interesting to them, you know. And a lot of comics look down on comedians that uh, are doing clean shows because they just assume that it's a lot of horns and hats and a lot of uh, impressions and music and dancing and stuff because they just can't wrap their head around a comedian being funny without being filthy and it just makes me laugh because whenever I run into a comic like that when you're like you know I'm doing these clean shows for children and stuff and they turn their nose up it's like haven't you ever watched Brian Regan or Jim Gaffigan or Maria Bamford or any of these comics like granted their stuff like the the topics may not ring true with the children but they're performing stand-up comedy that is clean enough for children to watch, you know. And I feel like some comics kind of forget that, you know. But it's always interesting, like, the mentality that you have to be filthy or you have to be edgy to be considered a great comedian, you know. It's, I enjoy listening to Bill Hicks. I like, you know, uh, George Carlin one of my favorite comics, you know, they stirred the pot, they talked about religion and politics and topics that would separate the audience immediately into two different groups, you know, but I don't know, you know, it's like, my stand-up on stage is just a reflection of myself, and myself and just regular day-to-day -day operations, I'm not pushing people's buttons. I'm not, like, 
causing a ruckus by talking about religion or politics or stuff and that stuff does interest me and I'm always uh, interested in having a, a spirited conversation with somebody about their point of view in politics and and their religion and their views on the world and stuff. I love talking about conspiracy theories and and you know all that kind of secret like ghost alien all that kind of stuff it's always interesting to me it's just you know when I do stand-up comedy I write from a place about observation and you know as the years have gone by and my life has changed and the things that I observe have changed my writing has just changed so now being married with two kids you know it's just a gradual progression you know I'm obviously going to talk about being married and having kids because that's the funny stuff that's happening right now. And, you know, I, I try to do it in a different way from a different point of view. And, and, and I think it works, but you know, there's, I, I thought what was cool about this podcast and getting to hear me do 15 minutes in front of a a crowd of like a thousand people and and like some of the the sounds of backstage before you're about to walk out there like you know it's cool for for people I think you know even maybe some comedians that haven't had the experience of performing in front of a thousand people um, just to kind of feel what it's like to be standing behind the curtain kind of waiting for them to announce your name and then walking out onto a theater stage and performing for a thousand people you know and this, uh, this set, I actually, I, I thought I did really well. You know, the reaction was really well uh, received, and uh, I still can't believe I got an applause break on an Apple joke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that, like, it, you know, that joke is so true. Like, it's such a true thing in my life you know, maybe I shouldn't talk about it because, you know, the cops will come and get me for, for stealing Honeycrisp apples, but, like, it's such a, a real thing that, that happens in my daily life when I go to the store and I want to get apples, and the Honeycrisp apples are just so good, and then you look over the top and they're like four bucks a piece, and then right next to it is just a giant barrel of red delicious apples that are about 80 cents a piece, and they don't really look the same, like, it's not even close, you know, but those self-checkout people that are supposed to be supervising it, they could give a shit, they're not even watching, they're just, like, checking their nails or flipping through their phone waiting for somebody to be like, hey, my machine isn't working, can you come help me? So, you know, it's just one of those real jokes. Like, I have real disdain for red delicious apples, and I I think it just comes out in that joke, and people laugh because, you know, it's funny for some... Like, that's the thing. It's like most comedians, they have a very strict, like, viewpoint on democratic politics or, or uh, you know, Catholic religion, like the one thing I take a stand on is red delicious apples, you know, I think that's the funniest part, like, I won't talk about anything else edgy, and the one thing that I get heated about is apples, <laughs> so, but it was just kind of funny to, to get that applause break on the apple joke, and, 
you know, it's just a fun night, you know, it's a fun tour, it's like, it, it's almost like, you know, like, I've, I've completed the whole section of the first part of gigs that I'm going to be good doing with them, and the, uh, the next section of gigs will start on June 16th, I'm doing, uh, a bunch of shows out east with them, and possibly there'll be, uh, more shows to come after that, um, but as I complete this first, like, section of five or six shows, um, it's been fun, you know, it's hard, because, like, when you work a comedy club, or, or you're doing at least a, a place where you're there for, like, a day or two, you know, it's, it's a bit nicer, because you get there, and then the first day might be kind of rough, because you drove, like, nine hours, and you didn't get much sleep, but at least the next day, you get to sleep in, and kind of recharge, on this tour, he's in a different city every night, so it's like, I'll be in St. Louis, and then the next day we have to be in Minneapolis, and then the next day after that we have to be in Green Bay, it's just like, there's no time to, like, catch your breath and just, like, decompress, like, this last weekend was the worst, like, I drove, uh, from Minneapolis to St. Louis, I got there at, like, 6.15, I had to be over to the, the theater at 6.45, the show was over at, like, um, 9 o'clock, 9.15, um, we did the meet and greet, back at the hotel at like 10.30, and then I was back up at like 5 or 6 in the morning to drive all the way back to Minneapolis. I got back at like 4 or 5, and then we were back out the door again in like an hour. It was just like, oh, just no time to just catch your breath. So um, the next couple weeks I'll be doing some comedy club gigs where I'm actually there for a few days, so that'll be nice this weekend for the first time I'm doing the uh, Looney Saloon at the uh, the Stables Casino in Miami, Oklahoma. Um, I've heard it's an amazing room. I'm excited to go there for the first time. Uh, it's two shows on Friday, two Saturday. Check out largedrunkman.com or uh, the Stables Casino for more information if you want to come see those shows this weekend. And uh, next weekend I'll be in Ann Arbor, uh, back in Ann Arbor for the first time, and God, it's been like four years. I'm doing the uh, Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. So come check that out. Um, last week of May into June, I'm gonna be at the House of Comedy with uh, Ben Glebe. So get your tickets for that, that'll be a fun time. Um, all the new dates are up on my website, all the updated stuff. And uh, you can always get this uh, podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. And, uh, you know, if you guys aren't too familiar with uh, Michael Carbonaro, his, uh, his stuff is all over YouTube. He was on The Tonight Show. He did a bunch of stuff for Buick. Um, he's got his show, obviously, on True TV called The Carbonaro Effect. Um, so much funny stuff that he does on that show and just such a cool guy. So if you're not familiar with him, check out his stuff on YouTube and, uh, and his show on True TV. It's on like, it's pretty much him and the Impractical Jokers on True TV right now. So make sure you check out all that stuff. 
and uh, come out and see a live show. Like I say, kids show, but, uh, you know, he tailors it to kids and adults, and the illusions that he does on stage are just, like, mind-blowing, so even though it's kind of like a show for all ages, it's, it's really entertaining, so if you're interested, make sure you get some tickets for that. He's going to be pretty much touring all over the country for the rest of the year. Um, I'm sure he'll be close to uh, um, you at some point, so check that out. And uh, as always, tune in next time when we talk about who knows. <laughs>